Matthew Garingo. Say. Matthew Garingo. What do you want? How's it going? It's going good. Tell me about your life. We haven't talked since Age of Ultron, which pretty much ended our friendship. Tell you about my life? Yeah, yeah, your life. Uh, I was born a poor black child. That's a reference to the Steve Martin film, The Jerk, for I've, all the people out there that have seen that movie. I've never seen that movie. Oh, my God. Jerk's amazing. So I should watch it at some point, is what you're saying. Yeah, we're not here to talk about Steve Martin and The Jerk. No, we are here to talk about Alien and the yes. entire Alien franchise, including Prometheus eventually. Which, oh boy! Yeah, but no, no, no. We start off on a good note. At least on a the, great note. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I mean, possibly, possibly the greatest note you can start on. Um, with Ridley Scott's seminal Alien, uh, fucking game-changing <laughs> movie. Yeah. So what we're gonna do for the next few weeks on the Waffle Press and with uh, Garingo Fuck Yourself So and Matthew Garingo. We're going to talk about... Yeah, get that plug in. Of course. Uh, we're going to talk about all the Alien movies. All of them. Except for AVP, because I, I can't convince Matt to do it. And the, if we ever do the Predator films, maybe we should do AVP then, because all those are more Predator movies than Alien movies. Oh, God. I have a lot to say about them, and not good things. So, we're going to start off with Alien. Mm-hmm. Ridley Scott's fucking best movie, if you don't include Blade Runner, or it's at least a tie. I don't know how you feel about Blade Runner. Let's use I that love as... Blade Runner. Um, I oh. love all 18 versions of Blade Runner. <laughs> uh, even though Ridley Scott needs to stop and like just let it sit there <laughs> and not edit it again and don't make a sequel. But that's going to happen. So we could talk about that or run closer to the Blade Runner sequel because there are more things to say on that too. Uh, Scott has a problem with going back and revisiting things that maybe you shouldn't revisit, but we'll get there eventually. (laughs) You know why? Why? Because Alien is so fucking good. Yeah, I'd want to remake Alien too. If I had the money and power, I want to be the guy who made that movie. But I didn't. Um, no, but it's like his second movie, I think. Alien, which is a fucking hell of a second movie. Um, like, the, like I think it's 78, like the year after Star Wars. Um, so, you got two game-changing science fiction movies, if you count Star Wars as science fiction. Um both produced by 20th Century Fox uh, because what's his fuck, Alan Ladd Jr., who was running 20th Century Fox at the time, I guess was really interested in these weird science fiction concepts. So he, he, took, he took chances on a couple movies and then they fired him. Oh. So, 
and but then he goes to make his own company, which makes Blade Runner, and then he goes bankrupt. So <laughs> nice little Hollywood story. That but, I'd watch a movie about that too. Yeah, I think that he had an interesting career. I, although I don't know if he had anything to do with the multiple versions of Blade Runner, like if he was partly responsible for the shitty voiceover in certain versions, mm. but. Um, but do you know, like, do you know the origins of Alien at all? Like I, the guys, not really. It? No, not really. Like, there's a lot of debate on whose ideas are what in the movie. Like, the original writers claim that it was all theirs, and then some other people came in and just changed a few things. Whereas the people who rewrote it said they rewrote the whole script top to bottom, and the only thing they kept that was in the original script was the chestburster scene. And I said, I, that's a good, scary moment, and that'll work. Like, it was supposed to be, the guys who wrote it like, intended it to be like a Roger Corman-style B-movie. Like, they wanted Roger Corman to produce it. Like, a real shitty, low-budget movie. Um, and, thankfully, someone came along. Walter Hill, who's one of the producers, I think produced all of them, was smart enough to say, hey, let's make this like a real movie. <laughs> and then yeah. it really took off. Yeah, that Walter Hill guy, for those who don't know, he's uh he's pretty talented. I mean he made the Warriors. Eight hours. Um Last Man Standing, which is fucking awful, but uh <laughs> I've actually was... never seen that one. Is that the Bruce Willis one? Bruce Willis gangster that's basically uh Yojimbo. So Oh, I, no, I actually heard good things about that. Are, am I hearing wrong? Yeah, because it's not good. Oh. Okay. I mean, I, that was a movie I was really excited to watch because like, I knew about that, and it's just terrible. Uh, how old were you when you first watched Alien? Um, I don't know. I saw Alien after Aliens. Oh, one of um, those. Yeah, I'll get to that story later. Um, I think I saw Alien on TV because I saw Aliens on TV, and not no, I probably put it on thinking it was Aliens, and then I'm like, oh wait, what's this? And I don't know. I think I don't know when I first saw Alien because I probably didn't like sit well with me the first time, especially if I was just a kid who had seen Aliens, which is like a more action movie, and Alien is like a more science fiction, really slow build up to the scares, but I remember it scaring me. I mean, when he's in the tubes running around, uh, the captain, that whole scene is really scary. <laughs> it's real claustrophobic. Like, it's, it's, when I first saw it, it was hard to breathe. Like, mm -hmm. you know, it's all, it's all in your head. It's not real, but that's the sign of good direction when you forget to breathe while you're watching a movie. Yeah. Especially a and horror the, movie in space. That's kind of important. And the brilliant thing about the alien design, the H.R. Giger alien design, um, is that it looks like it's part of the wall in certain shots. Like, it's hard to see it a lot of the times. Because it's in that shot when, he go, when, he, when it attacks him. You can see it when he first gets there, but you don't really notice it because it looks like it's just part of the wall. And then when he aims the flame at it, it does that, like, you know, scare shot and then cuts away. Um... And it looks like a penis, which is not a mistake. Yeah, well, yeah, it's Giger. 
guitar gigger and his weird ass designs, but weird. Yeah, guy. he's he's out there. I, have you seen interviews with him? I mean, I'm sure you have. Yeah, of course I have. Yeah, he's a uh, he. He was a character, you know. Rest in peace. I mean, he was clearly like a genius, but uh, he's, yeah, he's, he was out there. He was out there. And do you know the connection? I'm. Sh- do you know the connection to the Dune movie that never got made that kind of influenced Alien? Uh, he Giger worked on some of the uh, concept art or something, right? Yeah, he worked on some of the concept art, which would later get reused for Prometheus. Oh. And uh, but also the guy who was brought on to help do the special effects and help write it a little bit was the guy who wrote the original. Was one of the writers who wrote. Uh, the original draft of Alien. Uh, Dan O'Bannon, I think, was the one. He gets the official screenplay credit, too. Yeah. Um, Yeah, um, I think so. Um, At least according to Wikipedia and IMDb and my my box that I have in front of me, just to be safe. I don't want to... All right, just sure. Funny, Dan O'Bannon, I think you died like three years ago. But... He also worked on John Carpenter's Dark Star, which had a goofy alien that runs around through the tubes and the corridors and stuff like that. Looks like a beach ball. <laughs> that was part of his inspiration. Like, well, what if we take that and then do it scary? And whoever, the screenplay was brilliant because it took like every like really B movie, like alien monster movie that had been out to that point, and just threw them all together and made like a really good just serious take on it. Like the def- that's why it's Alien. It's like the definitive Alien movie. Like if you haven't seen, there's a, it's very similar to the movie It, the Terror from Beyond Space, which is a great 50s B-movie where this alien on Mars gets aboard a spaceship and starts slowly working its way up the different floors of the spaceship going after the crew. And another film... Um, Planet of the Vampires, which is a lot like Alien, if you haven't seen it. I haven't seen either of those, but I'll add them to the list. Good. And to the folks at home, check those out. Um, well, it's, uh, I mean, it, if you listen to Ridley Scott talk about it, too, he constantly refers to Alien as like, well, you know, it was, it was just a B-movie that's really well made. Yeah. yeah. Really, Scott. Really, Scott's the weirdest fucking guy because it's like he doesn't even believe in his own work. Sometimes I don't know. He doesn't seem like he talks about his work as lesser than I think people see it as, which is odd to me. I don't know. When did you first see? Did you see Alien before Aliens? I saw little tidbits of Aliens on TNT when I was younger, mm-hmm. and I never saw like a full scene. But you know the the famous flamethrower alien queen scene in the, the mm-hmm. elevator, you know, and it's real intense. And then yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, R- Ripley and Newt go onto the platform and then it cuts to a commercial and I was like, what is this? <laughs> and then every once in a while it, I'd be like another scene where the Marines are shooting a bunch of shit and I was like, this seems familiar. And then like eventually I started piecing it together and then I just mm-hmm. saw TV. Oh, aliens. I like mm-hmm. alien movies. I like action movies, so I'll watch this eventually. And then they had like a marathon at some uh-huh. point. And then I'm, I, this is how I watched the Die Hard movies too. I saw they had like HBO marathons or whatever, and I watched all of them back to back. Yeah, and uh, Alien scared the shit out of me when I was younger. Yeah. 
I'll get more into like my aliens story later when we talk about it. But uh, I've managed to see the aliens before. Like I was old enough to let like alien. The franchise is kind of like saturated culture where like you can know what's in the movies without ever seeing any of them. Yeah, you can know like about like the like the power loader, the chest burster, the queen alien, or any of that shit. And I managed to see Aliens before that managed to happen to me. But I saw Alien after I had seen Spaceballs. Which, oh, so. You know, it has the parody of the chess burster scene. What was um, that like then? Because you see the, the comedy bit before the terrifying one. That scene is still like so brilliant when you watch it because it's like this really naturalistic scene. Um... It's kind of like uh, like Nashville, um, where like you know conversations are kind of overlapping each other, or like Robert Altman type movies. Like he always does that. He he was a guy who like started having conversations like overlap. So everyone's like just eating, and it looks really normal, and it takes you a minute to realize that a scary scene is actually beginning. Like even if you know what's going to happen, you I never remember the precise moment when it takes that turn, from just being a normal dinner to suddenly there's a fucking alien about to pop out of John Hurt's chest. (laughs) And it's still disgusting. I mean, the sound of just the crunching ribs and then the blood, it's really good. The, The little alien that comes out isn't the best. Oh, um, no, see, I was about to praise it, actually. I don't at know. Least, at least design-wise, I think it's, it's, uh, it goes along with everything else that's really disgusting in that scene. Like, there's even, like, these pulsating organs, veins on the side of it, and it's like, ah, oh, it's so nasty. It looks like a nice little, like, larva thing, but, like, I guess I've seen it so many times at this point. Like, when it comes with peeks around, like, you can, I can just see the mechanics of it. And, but when it runs off the table, even when I saw it as a kid, I thought that was a little goofy. Yeah, no, when it runs across the table, it looks too silted. I mean, that would have been hard to do, I get it. Mm-hmm. But that's the only part where I'm like, eh, come on. Other than the end, but we'll get to that. Um, one thing about Alien, I just want to talk about, like, talking about that scene is one of the things that Alien does that's so brilliant is it kind of tricks you into forgetting that it's a science fiction movie. Like, it eases you into the science fiction world so much that it becomes so it feels so natural and like a blue collar type environment like it just looks like an industrial area and you get like it you become so familiar with the world that you're not thinking oh they're on a spaceship the whole movie like you're thinking these are workers and it helps you buy these characters and it lends this grit and realism to the movie that helps reinforce a lot of the terror that comes later. It's funny that you mentioned that because like Aliens, I had caught little bits of Alien before I fully watched the entire thing. And mm-hmm. the scene I saw was when Brett dies. And mm-hmm. I didn't know it took place on a spaceship. I thought that was like a warehouse in LA and it was raining. Yeah. So when I saw the whole movie, I was like, when do they go back to Earth? They, they, <laughs> they never do. <laughs> so, yeah, that's... Oh, it's, it's so good. The production... I think Ridley Scott always has good production designs, and he yeah, always he, makes really convincing uh, worlds to inhabit. 
and he knows when to use it. Like, I think the, the smartest one is when they land on the alien planet and you go into this, the, the down spaceship that's sending out the distress signal um, and you, you see the space jockey for the first time. Mm-hmm. And it's a great camera pan and it makes it look like the room is, like, huge and it kind of gives you this feeling of how big this spaceship must be. That's not a matte painting. Like, that's a real set. Like, later when you see all the eggs, that's a big matte painting that's being lowered into but that by that point spe- you already like get the scale of it and, it and it's it's all these ideas going on with just like you know the like the mystery and just how scary the unknown can be i mean that space jockey in and of itself is pretty scary to look at and it's a you know corpse like it's just so odd and you don't know what the fuck it is and it starts right, and you're not even at the actual alien. You haven't even met the face hugger yet. So, and they never go back to it in the movie because they don't need to answer it. It's scary enough as is. You don't need. I don't need to know what the space jockey is, because you know if they did investigate it, it would probably be something really boring. Like it's just some giant pale guy in a suit, and not some creepy looking alien like it clearly looks like. And he didn't crash for some reason. And that would be ridiculous. Fucking stupid. Yeah. Well, at least they didn't do that. And that's where, that's where the brilliance of bringing in Giger is, because Giger has such an alien design in and of himself. It looks different than... Like, like even the planet looks kind of like a generic, you know, alien planet. kind of just looks like desert, you know, with lots of winds going on. But once you get into that spaceship, it's like something you've never seen. And that starts making you very uncomfortable. After we already spent 30 minutes on the actual spaceship, which looks like an oil rig. Yeah. Uh, I, that contrast is not something you see a lot in a, like horror movies, too. Like it often takes, like Alien, for the most part, takes place in one setting, but they go from that industrial design to. Giger's fucking weird everything yeah. and like facile imagery. It, it's it makes it more interesting, not just visually, but like as a story. You feel like they're really going to this alien planet. Yeah, a lot of people ripped off like the industrial stuff, like the blue collar worker stuff of Alien. Like that became a big thing after this movie. That's where this kind of became like a game changer in terms of science fiction. But I've never seen anyone try and, like, mesh that with... I'm trying to, I can't really think of anything where they tried to mess that with some, like, truly alien source. Something that just was not, like, human. Like, had no human logic behind its design. Like, even in, like, The Thing, which, like, has, you know, kind of a blue-collar setting. I mean, it's set on Earth. But when you go to the alien spaceship, you never look inside of the spaceship that's buried in the ice. You just kind of see the surface of it. And even that doesn't look too fantastical. Yeah, it's just like, it's the traditional uh, flying saucer, really. Exactly. So, this was ahead of its time in its thinking. Ahead of this time, even. Because movies would not take the risks that Alien took at the time. Yeah, I can't, I mean... I want to say I can't imagine movies doing this, but I don't have to imagine them not doing this because they're not. 
Like they're simply not doing this right now. Yeah. Well, if they do, like if they do Alien again, which they kind of did with Prometheus, but there would be a lot more attempts at like jump scares than. I mean, there's the cat in this movie, but that seems like a throwback joke. Like kind of like, hey, we're in a haunted house in space. Like Harry Dean Stanton walking around going, here, kitty, kitty. <laughs> that's, not, that's straight out of like a B movie. But they play it really straight. And it works because then Harry Dean Stanton gets fucking impaled by that thing. Although you don't see it. That's the cool thing. You don't really see exactly what happens to Harry Dean Stanton. You just see that mouth open up to reveal a second mouth, which your brain can't even wrap your head around before he gets attacked. See, like this franchise is so well known now that that it's hard to remember just how scary that was the first time you saw it. Like, like that the look of the because you don't see the the alien until the very end, and just trying to get like a glimpse of what it really is is very scary. I think one other movie in recent years has been able to capture that kind of a uh, mystery in terms of like what the monster looks like. Uh, I don't know if you're a fan of Cloverfield, but I'm a I'm a big fan of it, mm-hmm. and I. The way they present that monster, I thought was really similar to like Jaws or Alien, but Jaws, you know, everyone knows what a shark looks like, so you know you're gonna see a big, fucking shark at the end. Alien, like you said, no idea what it looks like the first time you see it, and Cloverfield, the overall design of the monster is whatever, it's it's fine, <laughs> but when you see like bits and pieces of it, like one scene you see the tail going over the bridge, and then you see like this extended arm crashing through a building, and then you see this weird open mouth at one point and then it crashes against another like it's weird and then you see the whole picture and you're like oh that just looks kind of weird but not as exciting as like this xenomorph or xenomorph 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 also where did that name come from aliens we'll talk about that later (laughs) i I, I always don't know remember where that came from uh oh okay so i want to talk about Yes, no, no, no. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I have a real thing after. I was going to say, the problem with the Cloverfield comparison is I don't think the Cloverfield monster pays off in the same way. Uh, and also, I think the, the, like hiding what the Cloverfield monster looked like was more of a marketing gimmick than both Alien and Jaws, where they really tried to torture the suspense out of not seeing that monster. Whereas they built into the marketing of Cloverfield, like, what is this thing that's attacking the city? And oh, sure, no matter what, sure. But no matter what they show, it's not going to be as interesting. No, sure, yeah, but uh, I, just, I still think it's effective in its own right. It's not on the same level, just if I had to compare something to right now, I think that's the closest we got. All right. Yeah, I like Cloverfield. I just don't. I just see that... Today, I see a lot of filmmakers trying to imitate Alien and doing, like, you can't, like, a, a lot of what makes Alien work is kind of like lightning in a bottle a little bit. Like, you can't just recreate that out of whole cloth. Like, you can't just pull that out of your hat. Like, it's just, they, they just manage to capture those moments that stuck with you and trying to write a script where you recreate those things tends to fall flat, as we'll see when we get to Prometheus <laughs> later. 
so yeah. No, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, I think a lot of the problems with uh, the bigger blockbusters or, or any director who wants to recapture something like that is that they miss that it's the spirit of these sort of films and stories that they should be carrying forward, not so much the stories themselves, you know? At least that's how I feel about it. Not so much the iconography, like the look of the things. Mm-hmm. Like, there was a big... Like, remember, like, just to talk about uh, Alien a little... Like, the, you know Alien Colonial Marines? Remember that game that came out and everyone hated? I try not to. Yeah, but... Like, hyped how, like, accurate it was to those movies. Like, where they're like, here's the... Like, look, the pulse rifle sounds exactly the same. And, oh, look, the power loaders look just like they did in the movie, and the Marines act the way they do. But then, like, it, no one bothered to stop and think and be like, wait, a first-person shooter alien game will not match the Alien franchise in any way. Like, if you make it a shooter. Like, that's, like it's a complete misreading of Aliens. <laughs> I mean, the point of Aliens like, not to get into it too much, but is that, like, they build up these Marines as being, like, super badass, and then they all fall apart immediately. Yeah. <laughs> then try and take it seriously and try and... Re- like, we, when you saw Alien, like, you thought, oh, the, you know, the power load is awesome, and oh, those guns are awesome, but that's not what made that movie good. And same with Alien, like, it's, like, you can't just, like, go into a movie and try and recreate the mystery of it. Like, they had a logic behind the alien, they just chose how they played the events out. Whereas movies today, when they try and imitate a movie like Alien, they go and go and like, let's try and make it mysterious like Alien. And so they just fill the movie with a bunch of mysteries, and then you just end up leaving the movie very frustrated. Because all it is is mysteries, with poorly answered questions that then actively contradict each other. Or they just don't answer the questions and leave them open for a sequel, which... That that infuriates me more than like anything in modern movies right now. I, I can't stand that shit. Like, oh, we'll answer it in the sequel. If anybody yeah. says that as a defense of a movie, I might actually drop kick them in the throat. Yeah. Or like I, I, I get this feeling that like uh certain writers, not to name just to pick one out of my hat, like Damon Lindelof, uh saw the movie The Thing when he was younger. Like me, after seeing it, he probably talked with his friends, and they had all sorts of theories about, like, oh, who was infected, and when did they get infected, and oh, how, what does the ending of the thing mean? Not realizing that that wasn't really the point of the movie. You weren't yeah. supposed to just walk out of the movie thinking, and so when he became a screenwriter, he decided to try and recapture all that speculation, which is good conversation starters, but if you drag it over, let's say, five or six seasons of a TV series, you're going to annoy your audience because it's nothing but speculation. I guess this Alien conversation is basically about how everyone that's tried to imitate Alien has fucking failed. Because <laughs> they have. I mean, you can't redo this movie. It's kind of like it's the definitive science fiction horror movie. It's uh, it's a problem I have with J.J. Uh, Abrams occasionally. I think mm-hmm. he's a really strong director who leans on mystery box stuff. I mean, look at Star Trek Into Darkness. That's, yeah. that's the big one. Um, Colin Trevorrow doesn't 
fit into this bill really, but he fits into the same vein as J.J. Abrams, I think. Like, people trying to recapture a specific type of magic, mostly Spielberg. So I'm yeah. going to use him as a really bad example. Uh, like, Jurassic World, they're, like, there's stuff that happens in that movie, and I actually kind of like it, Fuck but you. there's no point to it. There's there's no point to anything in the movie. And it's amazing. They leave a, Sorry. No, that's okay. Let me just finish real quick. They leave a plot thread open for mm-hmm. a sequel. Yeah. But there's no point to it remaining open. I mean, we talked about this before, but Empire Strikes Back is one of the great sequels because it has thematic conclusions. It's just the plot threads that continue, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. The character arcs are complete by that movie. Their, their emotional stuff is all done. And everyone forgets that because they're focused on the big mystery stuff and trying to grab people's attention. But you get people's attention by telling a good story. Mm. Well, so many movies today are, you know, like they, like whenever a new property gets dropped or a property gets brought back, there's an intention to make at least like two or three sequels. So every movie's getting, every movie that's getting made right now by like Hollywood studios, they're intending for sequels pretty much. So they, 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 that's how they write these movies, and that ends up being a fucking disaster because you get all these, like, half movies, and you leave very frustrated. And you know and, what? Oh, here we go. Go ahead, finish. I was going to say about Colin Trevorrow, it's amazing that he's ripping off Spielberg and still manages to be the most boring, flat director on the planet. Like, you think if you're ripping off Spielberg, you would at least do a better fucking job. Like, he's so boring. How do you watch Spielberg and not want to do any... Like, how do you watch Spielberg and go, I want to do that, but absolutely terrible? <laughs> what a fucking failure. I totally forgot my point now. God damn it. Oh, uh, oh okay, no. For Alien... No, 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 because I'm bringing it back to Alien now and the franchise as a whole. Every single sequel, except for Prometheus, was able to stand on its own. No matter how much someone likes or dislikes any one of them, Mm-hmm. they all stand on their own. I mean, they carry over some sequel bits from the previous ones, but every single one had a definitive conclusion at its time. Yeah. Which every has franchise, its- if every franchise did that, the world would be such a better place. Whether people like them or dislike them, you would have a whole story. Well, I mean, there is drawbacks to every story being ex- completely self-contained. Okay, okay um, maybe I spoke too soon with that, but yes. <laughs> We'll get into that around Alien Three time, um, because you can like it can start feeling like, oh, is this all just like static? You know, like is stuff not really changing in these movies? Like you run into that problem, but we'll get to that. But ah. I'm just yeah, right there. I was just thinking about Prometheus. No, no, no. Let's talk. Let's keep talking about Alien. Yeah, let's keep talking about Alien, and let's talk about the cast. Of Alien. Excellent. I want to bring up Dallas. All right. What do you want to say about Dallas? I don't think I've ever seen Tom Skerritt in anything else, ever. And um, he's good in this. I yeah. Mean, the, the entire cast is real good, but I, I really liked him in this. Well, he's a good fake-out as being the not-actual protagonist of the movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had Harrison Ford in mind to play him originally, I think, right? That would have been cool. Yeah, I was. That was my question. Do you think it would have had more of an impact, especially after Star Wars, where everyone's like, "Hey, Harrison Ford," and then he fucking dies? Uh, no. You know, actually, probably would have been a problem because 
if like we're talking about like looking back like 30 years, a lot of people would probably refer to Alien as that's the movie with Harrison Ford where he dies about 30 minutes in or like an hour in. I mean, I think that's how some people would look because he's such a huge star. It's weird if you put him in a movie and then like yank him out like that. It would be a little jarring. It probably wouldn't have been as jarring at the time, but it would be jarring now. Mm-hmm. Whereas Tom Skerritt, like he has that like a, like he looks like a leading guy, but when he gets taken out, you're not exactly sh- like you're not shocked in the same way you would be if Harrison Ford would be. Like you'd probably be more annoyed if Harrison Ford just disappeared, and you'd probably be watching the whole movie going, "Oh, Harrison Ford's going to come back in the third act," and you know. Say that like he's actually running around behind the scenes, and then when that doesn't happen, you would probably just be really annoyed. Okay, I I don't I don't know how I feel about it. I guess I would need to see that alternate reality where that happened and like compare yeah. it. But I, I, I think, think I'd be open to it. I don't know. I just think Scarecrow getting taken out of the way is what allows Sigourney Weaver to really rise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're slowly like Tom Skerritt does this really great job is just being like the boss who just follows orders. Like he's so sick of his job, and he's been through like this. You can tell he's like been through all this bullshit before, and he's like just do what they say. Like we just got to get this stuff done, and he doesn't want to cause too much conflict because he just wants to get back. But Scorny Weaver like is taking her job very seriously, and it puts this real divide between those two. Like where they're debating on how they should have handled the situation, or whether or not they should have even gone through the airlock to bring uh, William Hurt back on the ship, and it's re- it's kind of setting up that she's the real leader, and that he's kind of like just going through the motions, and that ends up being a problem when he gets himself in danger because he takes he takes charge of him. Well, I'm the captain; I should deal with this, and that's what gets him killed. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. (laughs) Uh, Well, Sigourney Weaver, I mean, you can't not talk about alien or science fiction movies, like, in general, without bringing up Sigourney Weaver, because she's, like, the queen of space. Yeah. But, Uh, all right, here's another speculative question. If we were just, if Alien was just Alien, like, it was just one movie, no sequels, would Sigourney Weaver be this icon that she is in science fiction. I don't think so. Yeah. I think aliens is what really skyrocketed her. Mm-hmm. And well, got- I mean, rightly so. I mean, she's great in all of these movies. Just, uh, I think that's the one like with the most mainstream appeal because of its big action bravado, you know? Mm-hmm. And they give her more of a like character arc in that. That's like a more like, you know, emotional arc than this, which is more of a survival arc. I'm just learning to step up. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and this, she's a little bit like, she falls in that category of, you know, like the final girl, like that's in a lot of horror movies where she's just the last one standing yeah. against the monster. And the sequels allow her to become more dynamic as a character. Like we know she's trying to get home to her family, but we don't know much about her beyond that. And she, I mean, and she kind of comes across like if you don't really know what to make of her for the longest time, because I mean, the you know Harry Dean Stanton and Yafet Koto, they get defined pretty quickly as just the guys working like underneath the ship who are just pissed off 
but they aren't getting a raise. And she's the one who has to kind of reprimand him, and they clearly don't really respect her. I mean, you could talk, maybe there's like, you know, some sexist politics at work there, where they're like, no, we're doing the real work here, honey. You're just following orders. Yeah. And she kind of steps up and to I, prove herself. I like by the end, uh, Yafet Kodo's character, uh, he's fully on board with her. Like by the end, when it's just her, Ash, and. Um, Shoot, what's Lambert's character? And they're all just, it's just them against the alien now, and they're just trying to escape. They're fully just working together in tandem, seeing eye to eye. I thought that's, it's a really understated arc, but it's a really satisfying one to watch. Well, I kind of, except for maybe Ash. Oh, okay, no, excuse me, not Ash. Ash is, (laughs) it's a little different. Let's just talk about a brilliant performance. I'm willing to take that chance. Just cut it off and You take responsibility. Yes, yes, I'll take responsibility. Now. Get him out of it. Because first of all, I cannot imagine a movie pulling the twist that he's a robot today. Like, could you imagine if you were watching a movie? Like, just imagine any movie, even though it's a science fiction movie. You're going along, and out of nowhere, it's revealed that one of the characters is actually a robot. Like, and it has been set up in no way. Like, how did people, like, were, like, I cannot, like, people today would be so pissed off. And unoriginal people who don't know how to complain about a movie they just didn't like would come out being like, I thought it was stupid when that guy turned out to be a robot. (laughs) And, like, I just can't imagine that sort of twist happening today. Uh, Two things. One, yeah, uh, (laughs) this is the first introduction to robots, androids, in this universe. And that's that's ballsy. (laughs) I mean, I I don't see that playing well at all either. Like, Uh, uh, it's... So, like, like, when you think of, like, aliens, which is, like, this, like, alien is, like, really subtle in a lot of what's going on, like, about, like, it's, like, there's a lot of commentary, you know, on, a, like, the post-Vietnam and, like, the divide between the working class and this, you know, corporation that has a foreign-sounding name mm-hmm. that we don't know their motives, and they ju- we just kind of get, like, instructions from them. We don't, like, we have no investment in, like, what happens other than what we earn, like, you know, out of money. Um, and then one of the people working for the corporation hap- happens to be an actual corporate robot, um, which comes out of fucking nowhere. Whereas you get the aliens, which isn't subtle at all, and there's even a scene that like specifically goes out of its way to set up that one of the characters is an android. And like done in a very like Hollywood-type way. And it makes sure you don't miss that, oh, hey, fucking <laughs> what's-his-face is an android. But... But then when you rewatch Alien, just watching Ian Holm like give his performance where he's the one who knows he's an al- he's a robot, but no one else does. He does all these like weird movements that like just the way he's like watching people and how he's kind of like apart from everyone. Or it's like a really quick scene where he gets into like his uh, suit and he just does like a weird jogging movement in the suit to kind of loosen it up. <laughs> like that's I don't know, it's just really clever. Yeah, what could be portrayed like initially as like just weird character quirks, it all 
I mean, because they're not big either. They're not big moments to like, oh, he's an android. It's just small. I mean, because the, the whole cast as, as a whole, I think it's I, – I fucking love how they're just normal people. So maybe mm. maybe I would be against Harrison Ford being in this movie. Maybe I'm glad Tom Skerritt got it more than I thought I was. Yeah. Because they're all just normal-looking guys. They're not traditionally Hollywood men and women, you know, like uh, traditionally gorgeous, drop-dead, beautiful to look at. I mean, they're all not ugly people. Just um, they're normal-looking folk. And so I guess that adds to the terror, too. And then when you find out one of them's a robot, it's uh, it's definitely jarring. Yeah. I want to go back to my second thing about that, where people would complain about it. Uh, I feel that people would also complain about the lack of an alien. Alien, obviously yeah. that's not a bad thing, but I mean, uh, what did you think of Gareth Edwards' Godzilla? Just really quick. Brilliant! It's absolutely brilliant. It could have been trimmed down a little bit. Um, this you could tell that that was a not great script. That if anyone other than Gareth Edwards had directed that movie, it would have been forgotten. But Gareth Edwards pulled an amazing monster movie out of it so okay good we're, we're on the same page but again godzilla is barely in that movie and that's a common complaint you heard about mm-hmm. the movie called godzilla with very minimal godzilla and i feel like people would be on twitter being like oh fuck this movie the alien was barely in it well yeah like that all the actual purpose of the movie and like story beats characters and whatever if they did remake alien today I mean, they kind of did with another movie, but we'll get to that. Um, and like, if they, if someone really tried to like recapture this movie, it it and, and they advertise it as like Alien Seven or whatever fuck number we're at right now, and everyone went to see it, and it was like very close. The original people would be fucking pissed because nothing happens for like the first you know thirty minutes or so. Like, there's like this intrigue, but we don't like nothing happens for the longest time. In this movie, I mean, the opening sh- shots of the movie, we don't even see a human character for like five minutes. It's just this empty spaceship, and I don't think audiences today, for whatever reason, would put up with something like that as much, which is a shame. I like to think that eventually we'll work our way back to that, like be more accepting of a slower-paced, big budget, or no, not big budget, because this movie had like a ten million dollar budget or whatever. But more open then. to, you know. Oh, okay, sure, yeah. But if you made a ten million dollar movie nowadays, it'd be like yeah. not looking like this good. Definitely. Um, I don't know. I, I I have a feeling we are starting to come back around because I think people are getting sick of just this year. Like, if you notice, like people like I'm, like we're are it's just the beginning of July, and like I'm already sick of summer movies. Like I cannot bring myself to be too excited about what's on the horizon. Like, maybe Star Trek. But That's right. Other than that, like, I don't give a... F- like, there's nothing about Suicide Squad I'm that excited about. And I was excited about it, like, six months ago. And I remember when we were talking about uh, BVS, you were keeping me excited about that movie. And now I think I have to keep you excited about it. Except for Jared Leto, but that's a whole other thing. Yeah, like, it just feels like now it's like, I'm like, every movie that's coming out, it's like, well, I gotta see that one. Like, that's what it's turning into, and I'm getting a little sick of that. 
But like at the same time, like I was thinking that about Star Trek like a month ago. And now I'm kind of like in a mood where I'm like, I really want to see a Star Trek movie. So maybe if they time it just right, I'll be going <laughs> to see a Suicide Squad movie. So. Well, I think it also, uh, every movie feels the need to go so big. I mean, Civil War isn't a perfect movie, but I love that it just ends with a fight between two characters. I mean, I guess slight spoilers for Civil War. Whether like, or they, not they have their big action scene. Yeah, whether or not you think the ending of Civil War works, which you could talk a lot about, um, but I was really glad that it was more of an, an emotional battle than you know a feat of strength. Phys- like, like Iron Man wasn't picking up like a building with the Hulkbuster <laughs> armor to drop on fucking Captain America, who's like hulked out because he's taken like three times the amount of Super Soldier Serum or some bullshit. <laughs> Because they decided to mix Captain America's blood with Zod DNA. Oh, wait. Am I mixing up two movies? I think so. Referencing another film that maybe ended really stupidly. I can't imagine which one you're talking about. They all look the same to me. (laughs) But, yeah, and, and again, like, that's the other thing. Like Alien, it's the ending is so simple of just blasting the alien out of an airlock. That like it's 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 really just like slow and like can she pull it off or not? And I audiences would probably be pissed. I mean, people were pissed about the Hateful Eight having a kind of like slow, suspenseful ending, like where you don't know where everyone's allegiances are gonna fall. I still need to watch it. I'm so sorry. See what happened, but like it's there's a it's a slow like layout of just what's like now that you know everything how is this going to end and who's going to side with who and a lot of people walked out of it being like oh that was why'd you have to drag that out so long it's like what the fuck else are you going to do like you got to figure out where everyone's going to do you can't just end it eh. well i mean that's what alien does so well i mean you eventually you get uh a well enough understanding of every player involved against their fight against the alien. But mm-hmm. that slow opening, it really gives you a, a feeling of the emptiness of space. And it's just them. Yeah. I, I love that you never see them call to earth or whatever. And you get anything over there. Cause they're just, it's just them in the middle of, but fuck nowhere in space. And they're stuck with a computer that just gives them the corporate line, you know? Yeah. Oh, it's so that's such a great little idea, or not little at all, but um, everything in this movie tries to kill the crew. Space, yeah. the alien, the corporation they work for, the ship eventually. It's, it makes you feel like they have nothing on their side. I mean, they yeah. don't. It's, it's such a good fucking idea that's executed so well. It's a really cynical setting of just, like, like without the alien in and of itself, it's a terrible corporate environment of just abusing these workers and sending them out on these, like, month-long missions into space, which, like, space, like, when you, even when you think about it now, like, we just launched that fucking ship around Jupiter, and it's like, wow, isn't that amazing? Now, Alien comes along and is like, if space, if we really all started going into space, eventually it would fucking suck. <laughs> you can find a way to make everything beautiful just terrible. <laughs> None of these people are excited to be in space. Like, they're all just like, fuck, are we home yet? 
Like, oh, God. Like, it's so noisy in the pipes. Uh, uh, like, <laughs> it's just the worst. And then you run into an alien. So... <laughs> Uh, I think that's actually a really big part of the Alien franchise, where not just uh, Whalen Yutani, but yeah, they, they need to have an overall threat against whatever crew they're following, and not just in like a corporation sense. I think corporation stuff's important, but they need to have some other presence beside the alien that is really just harping on them throughout the picture too. Yeah. Whether they see it or not initially. Something that makes you feel trapped apart from the alien. Yeah. Like, that's not the thing that's really keeping them stuck there. Like, the alien, I mean, it's one alien. Like, at the end of the day, that's not a, like, it's a problem. (laughs) It's not a huge threat unless you bring into the fact that you're stuck in the middle of fucking space. And you can't risk, you know, going back to sleep or else the fucking alien will kill you. The first three, I think, do this real well. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, obviously Nostromo in the first one, and then the the colony on LV four twenty six with the the nuclear reactor that's going to blow up in like however many hours. Yeah, and the then, prison in the third one. Yeah, uh, the prison. It, it's less of like a ticking time bomb. It's more of like there are a bunch of bombs, murderers, and rapists, and it's Ripley against everything. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth one is like a this is nothing. It's nothing. Yeah, fourth one we'll get into, and a lot of that movie's big problems. Oh Jesus! Uh, no, so, Alien doesn't really have any problems. I mean, we mentioned like some of the goofy uh, Alien stuff. Uh, you wanted one, to mention the ending. Well, there's one problem, which is it's literally just that shot after the alien gets blown out of the airlock. When it's floating in space. Oh, and it's clearly just hanging, like, from a a hook ceiling or whatever? Yeah, and that's the only time you get, like, a full view of the alien. Like, a full view, like, in bright light. Mm -hmm. Goofy as shit. And I feel like without that shot, we wouldn't have aliens turning the xenomorphs into basically little bugs that you can just shoot. Like, I, I, like that, that shot changes the whole dynamic of what Alien was going for with the alien. That's the beginning of it. It's the beginning of the end. Mm-hmm. I have things to say on the Aliens discussion about that. And we should also probably talk about uh, the deleted scene. The oh, yes. Scene. A, the one that also leads into Aliens things. I, I don't know. If, I, don't, I don't consider this an issue, I guess. Uh, it's just, like, if, again, if Alien was a standalone movie, and they shot, I mean, it was a standalone movie and they shot this, you also don't need to answer what Ripley comes across with Dallas and Brett when they're all well, this, up against the wall. This would have made the movie a closed movie that wouldn't have allowed for James Cameron to come in with his idea of the queen alien. And it, it changed this, this scene. It's, it's really simple and it's cut, I think for good reason, because it's not a great moment. I don't think anyway, I think it's a, like, it's a moment when the movie starts feeling really like science fiction, kind of goofy. Um, 
where you're basically basically the crew they're they're being turned into the eggs that hatch the face huggers. Like that's the life cycle in this deleted scene. Which you could have like taken advantage of and made some real like body horror moment out of it, but it just looks like he's stuck to the wall. Like it doesn't look that threatening. But it changes the whole dynamic of what the aliens are, which is that, you know, this they're not some sort of species that like they're not like some sort of bug like species. They're, I mean, they. I, I guess this might must have been implied because I've heard people talk about this before Prometheus, but I never picked up on it. Which is that like the aliens on that ship are some sort of like biological thing that went wrong, like a biological weapon of some sort. It's that's confirmed in Prometheus, but I guess that must have been out there. Um. Like, when you find out that the signal on the spaceship isn't a rescue mission, isn't calling for help, it's telling people to stay away, you can tell that some sort of infection got off on the ship. And that's more of what the... They're more of a virus in Alien than just a monster that, you know, eats people. And aliens. Although they don't totally eat people. They bring them back to the queen. But same difference. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't want to harp on aliens because uh, I feel like a lot of people do nowadays. It's really yeah. weird. Uh, it's still fucking great, and I don't want to spend too much time talking about that. But I will talk about why I think the xenomorph in Alien is the best. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, it's not to say Aliens isn't great in its own world building sense, but I really like the idea of this. Like you said, it's just one alien, so is it really that scary? I think fuck yeah, because no matter what they do, I mean, they don't have guns, they don't have any sort of blasters, futuristic nonsense. They just can't stop it. They can't outsmart it. They can't kill it, and they they have no understanding of it, and that's like some Lovecraftian nightmare type shit to me. And that is scarier to me than, uh, even though Aliens handles it really well, when the Marines royally fucked up uh mm. I, I think this is still scarier yeah you you will hear a lot of aliens defending from me in oh, the next good good i just wanted to illustrate just the stark contrast between alien and aliens mm-hmm. and unfortunately aliens is the one that really kind of goes on to define the franchise for better or worse and that's why, like, it's interesting to try and wrap our heads around what the original intent of the first Alien was. I mean, and Alien technically has a happy ending. I mean, the whole crew is killed, but Ripley's got her cat, and she's like, yeah, I'm going to sleep, and I'll be picked up in a couple months. And, you know, it's kind of, and she seems optimistic about it. And then title card 57 years later, and fucking... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I will go as far to say I think every entry in this franchise has a more or less happy ending, or at least optimistic ending, if not fully happy, because uh, some bad things happen to a lot of good people, and also bad people. I could say that. I could see that. Is there anything else you want to add to Alien? I, I think um, we're pretty much covered for my stuff. Well, I mean, the problem is there's, there's literally like not much you can say that hasn't been said. I mean, it's the, one of the greatest... I know everyone tries to like say it's just horror. Like everyone wants like everything to be in just one genre, but it's not just one of the best horror movies. It's one of the best science fiction movies ever. 
I think. Like, it's right up there with, like, two, it's in the top five science fiction films of all time, as far as I'm concerned. And that's great. And I'm, I'm glad that no one's ever going to make another sequel to it, because it would just get tired and boring after a while. Well, I, I think this is maybe my second. I mean, ranking is difficult and kind of arbitrary and unnecessary. But if I had to, it's it's like Blade Runner and Alien. Those are those are my two science fiction movies. So I'll always yeah. admire Ridley Scott for that, even after Prometheus. Yeah. Um, and yeah, th this is probably my favorite franchise, actually, even as fucking flawed and misguided as it's become. At least mm. they all feel different. They all have their own sense of identity. And beginning with Alien, I think that's a lot more than I could ask for given some stuff nowadays. Yeah. But I greatly admire that. Yeah, as a franchise that's right up there with the Planet of the Apes films, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I saw, you, I saw you tweet about that, and that is a great franchise. Nobody talks about how great that one is. We should talk about those at some point. Yes, we should. Because those movies are fucking ridiculous. <laughs> we'll, we'll save that for a whole other time. Probably like... War of the Planet of the Apes or something. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's like next year. So yeah. they waited until Alien Covenant. Oh no, I don't. I don't want to wait. Oh. But I, I am looking forward to it. I'm not. <laughs> I want to. I want this franchise to stop at least for a little bit. I really. And now, like, they're already talking about doing two simultaneously. Uh We'll get into that. Like, this is like the ultimate problem with making one of the greatest movies ever and then it becoming a franchise is that now you've opened the floodgates of anyone to mine it. You know? Like, now, no matter what we do, there's gonna, we're going to be seeing Alien, like, 37 down the line. But does be... that take away from the first one? Um, you know, I, wanna, I, do, I always want to say no. Because in a way, that's true. Like, nothing, like, if that film's in a bottle, no. But we're getting to this point where more and more people are getting introduced to these things with later, shit, really shitty imitations. Of, like, my little brother, the, his first introduction to the Terminator films was Terminator Genesis. Wow. My uncle took him to it, and, like, I'm like, that's it, that's insane. Like, can you imagine if that was your introduction to the franchise. And I'm... Sh I'm, like, speechless right now. And I'm, I'm sure, like, someone out there, Jurassic World was their first introduction to the Jurassic Park films. And, you know, like, Prometheus, for someone, was probably their first introduction to the Alien franchise, like, without even knowing it. Like, they probably went to see it, like, going, I don't know what this fucking thing is. And then, like, it was, like, a, you know, backdoor into the Alien franchise. And if we're getting more and more of that, and if they're going to start getting more and more generic, which is what it sounds like, especially with the talk of uh, the Alien film that's going to ignore everything after Aliens, um, which may or may not get made in the future, like, that's going to be... And, and then that just makes everything even more confusing. We're like, then you totally get rid of any people, like, knowing what Alien 3 is, because then it becomes useless for some people. Yeah, I just that's, that's what I hate. 
Uh, and I think Star Trek 09 did it okay because they're like, oh no, everything you like still happened. And so for the real nerdy people like me, that makes me feel like they didn't just waste canon. I mean, to an extent, yeah, like that stuff will always be there. Uh, but then Days of Future Past comes along and they're like, oh, people didn't like these, so we're going to get rid of them. Hmm. And I, oh, oh, oh. What? I think it's both good and bad. I mean, like, and I think like Star Trek 09, a lot of people shit on it, but I know a lot of people that got into Star Trek because of it. Mm-hmm. Like, like they, they knew of Star Trek, but they didn't love it, and then they saw it, and then they'd be like, hey, what should I watch? And be like, you should try Next Gen. And then they watch Next Gen, and they love it. So it's just, it, the stuff, and like, and same with like Star Wars Force Awakens. Like, I think that's opened up Star Wars to a whole new group of people who maybe just don't know it as well. And it's a retread, but it also makes you want to see more Star Wars. Whereas sequels to something like Alien kind of, they start stretching the limits of what you can do with these franchises. Like, how many more Alien sequels can you really make? Like, how many more Terminator sequels can you really make? See, at least with Alien, I'm not saying I think they should keep going. I I think there's more possibility for good Alien stories than good Terminator stories by this point. Well, Prometheus should have been the thing that really kicked it open. Where it's like, hey, Alien is just a small part of, like, a bigger story. That's what Prometheus should have done. Instead, Prometheus managed to make the whole franchise look even smaller. So, the exact opposite of what it should have done. Yeah, and at least um, Ridley Scott is uh, showcasing a different crew. Maybe that's his way of, like, trying to explore something else down the line, or at least finally opening more doors. I mean, I could be wrong, but that's what I'm hoping for. It's going to be Alien again. Don't say that. I, I have be, to believe. It's, that's what it's going to be. And it's going to answer a lot of questions you didn't care for answers to. Oh, there's a, there's a, a rumor about a certain character. And, yeah. Okay, so you know of it, and that's disconcerting. Can I just say it? or uh, I'm not going to say it for now, but I fucking hate it if it's true. Well, all right, just anyone listening, think of the most contrived way to connect another alien film to the original franchise using a character, a female character. Think of, like, the worst way you could possibly connect these films. Like, something a total hack would come up with. And that's what's being rumored for the upcoming Alien Covenant. So, yeah, and if that's true, I'm, I mean, fuck it, I'm done. <laughs> like, I don't need these movies anymore. At least they'll look pretty, I guess. I mean, fuck, I'm trying to <laughs> remain, like, optimistic, but you're saying all this shit that's probably true, and it's fucking hard. Well, if you want some optimism, what I think's going to start happening is, like, I saw, like, did you see uh, Midnight Special? Not yet. Midnight Special kind of is, like, like a Spielbergian type movie except done like in a new light. Like it's very similar to Close Encounters and E.T. in a very odd way. I think what's going to start happening is like these big studios are going to break all these franchises 
and they're not going to be unusable. And then future generations that grew up on the originals are going to find ways to recreate these franchises, but more the emotions that they conjured with something original. And so we're going to start seeing new things. We're going to start seeing movies that are feel like Alien, but aren't Alien. You know? That's, what, that's the next step. And I think that's going to start happening very soon. We just won't... Do you think that's alien. a good thing or a bad thing? I think it's a good thing. I mean, more you know, unique... Th- well, that's what happens with everything after a while. I mean, Alien, like I was saying at the beginning, was just a recreation of a bunch of old B-movies. And I mean, B-movies back then didn't need to be sequels because they could just all be the same and you could just fucking front load the theater and just be in like the same exact plot over and over again. No one's going to notice. We're not, no one sees these movies more than once. <laughs> I mean, like, so that's just what the next, the, the paradigm shift, like once you got into 70s Hollywood, all these directors started taking the stuff they grew up with and started trying to like distill them into like just the, the basic elements of making great things out of it. Like The Exorcist is like every horror film kind of distilled together and set in a modern era. And, you know, Jaws, like every monster movie, it's just the best elements of those monster movies. Star Wars is every serial just put into one. And Alien is every like B-monster, B-alien movie just put into one movie. And eventually we're, we're just going to see a different shift where people are going to try and capture the emotions of what these franchises did instead of just the iconography of them. And I think that's good. I'm looking forward to that. Well said. Okay, yeah. Because earlier we had talked about how people just want iconography. And that hasn't been working out so well. So I hope that is what happens too. I, I think yeah. that's it's an optimistic future. Up ahead. Uh, so I guess that's our talk on Alien. Listen, we're talking about Alien, where we talked about a lot of things unrelated to Alien. <laughs> yes, but this it just shows the impact Alien has had. <laughs> I'm really yeah. trying to spin it, but I mean that's kind of true. I mean we it all related so, to it, sort of. Everyone knows Alien, even if you haven't seen it. So it's hard to say anything about it anything original or new like I, I'm not going to come to Alien with some brilliant new perspective on the franchise <laughs> it's just the definitive Alien monster movie it's just so fucking see it you fucking assholes I can't imagine you haven't seen it and somehow are listening to this podcast but if you have then good on you and if not a- watch it don't watch it on your fucking phone, you fucking assholes. You know, I, I actually don't mind how people watch movies. I would prefer not watching it on my phone, but that's a whole, that's a whole other discussion, too. So we'll just... that's, that's, You can have that opinion, but people who watch movies on their phone should be crucified. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> where, where can people find you, Matt, online? Um, I'm at Emperor OTN on Twitter, and just follow me, and then you'll see me post links to a podcast I do. I don't know where the podcast is right now. We got kicked off of SoundCloud. Did you really? We ran out of like the data limit or whatever, and we can't oh. put any new. Okay, I was I was worried. That's 
I hadn't seen any uploads recently, so I've just been patiently waiting. I didn't want to bother you guys, though. There's a bunch recorded that just haven't been released. So <laughs> I expect, like, one post every hour when you guys finally come back, then. Let's see. And, of course, as always, you can find more Waffle Press stuff here. Like and subscribe. If you didn't like it, like and subscribe anyways, because you might find something you do like. You can find me on Twitter at DagoWaffles, audienceseverywhere.net, yada, yada, yada. I'm talking Game of Thrones with Emily. We're going to do our season review. This should be up either right before or right after this, so check that out too. It turned out to be a pretty good season. Matt, do you watch Game of Thrones? Not right now. Okay, well then, go do that. Why the fuck? Why not? I'm waiting for the books. Yeah, are you serious? Yeah, I want to read the book. I like the books. No, I like the books too for the most part, but I mean, it's not going to happen for a while. I know, but I got to wait. I'm just, that's what I fuck. And I, I, I could talk about Game of Thrones forever, so I won't, but okay. fuck, it. fuck alone. Oh, no, 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 you're right. You're right. I apologize. Just, uh, Dick. <laughs> Godspeed on your, in your journey. God, need it. America. Bye.